Hey, I want to welcome you to X Church tonight, and uh, if you're new here, I just want to introduce myself. My name's Tim. I'm the lead pastor here, and we're just so honored that you would take time out of the Christmas season to come to this church, and maybe you're not a church person. Maybe you came because someone drugged you or invited you, and, and uh, you know, maybe someone said, just come with me this one time. I hope that uh, your experience here might even change the way you think about church. I would love it. That would be the dream. And I also want to take a second because it's not just all the people who are sitting in this room, but, but we have people that are tuning in online with us. Can we welcome our global online family and as well as those in correctional facilities watching this, we pray and hope that the love of God will reach you wherever you are. And you know, this is kind of a, a unique time for us as a church is we get to kind of connect with our larger community, not just those who maybe come on a regular basis, but some of you that come ever so often and others you who are guests and friends and family from out of town. And so we kind of found it as an opportunity for us to discover a little bit more about our community and kind of learn how we can serve our community better. And so we started this tradition a couple years ago, and I, I would love your help with it today. Um, in your, if you're on the floor, in the seat in front of you, there's a pocket, there is a card. Would you grab that? And if you're in the risers, right down by your leg. Just look down, feel around by your leg. Try not to feel someone else's leg. Just look down. There, there's a, a little survey card and a pen. I want to ask everybody here if you would get it out. Everybody here, if you would grab this little survey card, whether you're a regular here or not, it doesn't matter. If this is the first time you're a guest from out of town, that's okay. You can participate. We'd love everyone to participate. And if you wouldn't mind just on the front of this where it's just got a little bit of information, your name, and here's what we, we, we even put birthday on you. You say, why do we do that? Well, because we want to send you a, a cake in the mail. So on your birthday, every person, doesn't matter who you are, that's not true. But I will say this, if you're a regular here, this is a great way for us to make sure that we do have your information. We do love to send birthday cards to our team members and other things. So if you would just fill that out and just, just right now, we're only gonna look at just a couple questions on the front. That's all we're gonna do. And so everybody, I want everybody to participate, please join along. Uh, two questions, and it really, this, is, this year, it's for us to understand how you feel about church. We would love to know that since we are a church in the community. First question on here is, how often do you attend church? Please be honest. We are in church. This is the time to be honest, okay? So it, listen, if you come every week, great. If you're someone who comes maybe once or twice a month, put that. Here's what I want to say. Before you start marking this up, please only check one box. Don't check them all. Then you're a liar, okay? And we all know what happens to liars. So just do that. Um, and then the second question just I want you to look at today is what is your attitude toward the local church in general? And be honest, there's no right or wrong answer. Okay, we'd love to know. If you're a church, for, I love church. Okay, you're a church, mark that. Okay, but if you're maybe someone who says, I am really against organized religion, can I just say, I'm glad you're here. Feel free to mark that. If you're someone that says, I'm not a church person, I don't believe what you believe. By the way, I want you to know this. There are people who are a part of this community that do not believe what I believe about Jesus. I want you to know, we say this all the time, you don't have to believe what I believe to belong to a community like this. And let me just tell you, I think we all need people in our lives. We need a community. And so once you filled out the front side, stop, pause. Go ahead and just stick this under your leg. You can drop it on the floor, put it away for just a moment, okay? And uh, we're gonna, we'll finish it at the end of the experience, if that's okay. Thank you for helping me do that. 
just a way for us to kind of understand and gain the pulse of the larger community. Anyways, it's Christmas time. Real quick, how many of you are ready for Christmas? If you are, make some noise. Okay. Let me rephrase that. How many of you, when I say ready, how many of you have no more shopping to do? You're done with shopping, Rachel? Show of hands, how many of you still have shopping to do? Raise your hand. Okay, yeah. A couple days. Hate to be your family member. Anyways, I don't know how much you get into the Christmas spirit. I don't know how much you love and go all in, or if you're kind of one of those partway persons. I don't know if you're somebody that, like, really decorates. I mean, we've got a couple trees up in our house, and um, i I just be honest. I don't don't know if there's anyone here that maybe you love doing the full Christmas light thing at your house. Like, just real quick, show of hands, is there anybody here that you just— you go all out. It is a full-on project to decorate your house with Christmas lights. Total Chris, uh, Clark Griswold. Raise your hand if you're a Clark Griswold. You just, you go all out. Oh, I got a few, a few, you guys do. That's awesome. If you don't know who Clark Griswold, I didn't, I thought everyone knew who Clark Griswold was. And then I was talking to Tucker, one of our worship leaders the other day. Tucker's your mom here? I don't mean to call her out, but... I said something, yeah, yeah. I said something about Clark. Chrissy, is that you? I said something about Clark Griswold, and he looked at me with this blank, and he said, who's that? What are you guys doing? He's coming over to my house tonight. We're watching Christmas Vacation. I'm going to fix that tonight. I I want you to know this. I have a love-hate relationship with Christmas lights. Let me just go ahead and say it, all right? I love to see the Christmas lights. I hate installing them, okay? Like, I, I, I've done this for the last several years. One year, my family, they, they've uh, traveled to Florida while they were gone. I surprised them. I went and bought all these lights. I bought these reindeer that light up, an angel that lights up. I bought all these things, and I spent hours and hours, days decorating the whole lot. I wanted to surprise them. They loved it. The only problem was they wanted it every year. And so every year, I, I get out, and I, I do all this. Well, um, this year... It was getting later and later, and the temperature was getting colder and colder. And, and about three weeks ago or so, I was driving in the car with my family, my wife, my daughter, and I said, hey, honey, um, I had a thought. Um, I, I think this year I'm not going to hang any Christmas lights outside. You should have seen, it was, it was like somebody just ran over her dog. It was, she was like shocked. She said, no, you have to hang the lights. I said, it's 10 degrees outside. I'm not hanging the lights. And she called, they called me Grinch. They stole Christmas. There's all this different stuff. I said, listen, I said, I understand. I understand you want to see the lights. Here's what I promise, okay? Anytime you want to see the lights, we'll get into the car. I will drive you around the neighborhood and you can look at all of the lights every time you want to do that. That was not good enough for them. They just looked at me and they said, we need the lights. We need the lights. And so uh, the moment the weather broke, guess what I did? I took all the lights outside and I risked my life. And I'm standing, I, I stand on the top rung of a ladder, hanging on to the tree, throwing lights around. That's what I do, okay? And I put the Christmas lights. And you, I got to be honest, I got to be honest, when I was done, I kind of liked it. I enjoyed it. I was like, oh, I, I do. I remember. I like, I like the lights. And 
And, and I love, there's something about Christmas lights. Let's be honest. I mean, many of you maybe go see the lights this season. One of my favorite things to do, especially when my kids were growing up, is that as soon as we got them in bed and we got all the presents around the tree and it would be late at night, um, all the lights out except for the Christmas tree, we kind of just sit there in the quiet. I don't know if you've ever done this. There's just something about the glow of the lights in the dark that just kind of is very calming. Is that, is it, you ever feel that? It's just calming. There's something about it. And I, and I was wondering, I was thinking, maybe my family was right. Maybe we need the light. Now, I'm not, I'm not just talking about Christmas lights. I'm just saying in general, maybe we need the lights. In other words, I, I don't know if it's felt like this for you, but it, it has for me, especially the last couple of years, but I can't think of another time that just has felt darker than the last few years. I don't know if you feel it, but it just feels like there's so much oppression and there's so much division and there's so much fighting. And, and I think about the last couple of years and, and, and I remember, like, do you all remember how hopeful we were going into 2020? It's a new decade. The roaring 20s are back, right? And then they just smacked us like a, you know. And, and, and then the year 2020 was rough and it was hard and it was awful. And I remember this time last year, I remember I was so hopeful because I was like, we made it through 2020. We're going to flip the calendar. It's going to be 2021 and everything is going to go back to normal. And well, that didn't work. And how many of you know 2021 was just as hard as 2020? It was and, and, and so after a while, here's what I found. When you stack hard moment after hard moment, painful season after painful season, after a while, your world just gets dark. And I thought maybe, maybe there's something about Christmas that we need. I'm not talking about the season where we're going to go buy all the gifts and we're going to go to experiences and we're going to, maybe there's something about the story of Christmas that we need. And I don't, I don't know if maybe you're here, you're watching this, and, and the truth is maybe your world feels a little dark. Maybe you've been in a season that's been painful. If that's the case, here's what I would ask. Would you just allow me to tell you a little bit about the Christmas story and maybe bring some fresh eyes or perspective to it? I think sometimes we're so familiar with the story. We're like, oh, okay, the pastor's going to tell a cute little story about baby Jesus. We're not going to do that tonight. But, but if you would just allow me and maybe to open your heart a little bit, especially if you're in a dark place, to say, maybe, maybe there's something in this for me. Because I think there's something in the Christmas story for all of us. You know what's interesting? I was thinking about the Christmas story this year. And, and I realized that almost the entire Christmas story that we know and love unfolds in the dark. Have you ever thought about it? Now think about this. Like when Mary tells Joseph that she is pregnant and that it's God, you know, and he doesn't believe her. God sends an angel to Joseph by dream at night to say, no, what has happened to Mary is actually of God. Take her to be your wife. And then when they have to travel to Bethlehem and, and they're traveling to Bethlehem, but there's no room for them because the inns are full because everybody's traveling at that time. And so they're stuck to, to spend the night in a cave in a shepherd's grotto where that's the place where she ends up giving birth to a baby at night. How do we know? Because the birthing announcement that happens. You know the birthing announcement where there are shepherds that are watching their flocks and fields nearby at night where a host of angels appear to them saying glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. Like you remember the birthing announcement of Jesus happened at night. 
Or how about the moment where hundreds of miles away, there's some astrologers, magicians who study the stars, and then there's this moment when a new star appeared, which happened to be when Jesus was born. And when they see this star, by the way, you only see the stars went at night in the darkness. And they would travel, plotting their course for this new star. The only time that they could travel was at night in the darkness, because that's the only time they could see that light. And when they arrive to this child, they offer him gifts. And guess what happens that very night when they leave? An angel again comes to Joseph at night saying that Jesus is in trouble because Herod's about to uh, proclaim an order to kill all of the children two years and younger and says, grab him and your wife and under the cover of darkness, flee for Egypt. I mean, if you think about it, pretty much the entire Christmas story happens in the dark. And I was thinking, it's not just the... Christmas story. It's not just that, but if you actually think about history and you think about life and what it was like even before Jesus, you know, when Jesus showed up, we actually split what we talk, what we call history and time before Christ and after him. But do you realize what it was like before him? I mean, it was barbaric. It, it, was, it, was a, it was not a great time to be alive. It was might makes right. It was one empire trying to conquer another empire and the way people were treated and there was no love and there was no kindness and there was no understanding of who God really was. And, and even for the people of Israel, it was a dark time where they lived under oppression and God was not speaking. Heaven was quiet. Their eyes were filled with pain and it was nothing but chaos before Jesus showed up. It was dark. And I wonder if maybe even just some of you feel that way tonight. And maybe, maybe no one knows. No one knows how you feel. But, but maybe, you know, kind of like the Israelites who prayed to God, but nothing happened year after year. Some of you have lived with so many unanswered prayers that your soul has gotten a little dark. You've walked through some, some real pain this year. And your soul has just gotten a little dark. Can I say that if you're in that place today, I, I would love the opportunity just to maybe breathe a little bit of hope and encouragement into your soul today. Because I think there's something about the Christmas story that's really all about hope. In fact, God knew that the people in the time when Jesus would show up would be feeling hopeless. So much so that hundreds of years before, in fact, about 700 years before Jesus was born, God actually gave a prophecy through the prophet Isaiah that was all about Jesus. And I want to read you just a couple verses. It's found in Isaiah chapter 9. And, and this passage is actually often pretty synonymous with the Christmas story. You'll see that in a little bit. But there's a few verses that maybe you've never heard. But I think it's actually appropriate when I think about the Christmas story happening in the darkness. Isaiah 9 verse 1 it says this, nevertheless, that the time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. Verse 2 says this, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You know, you know, the truth is we're all going to walk through some darkness in our life. You, you might not be in that place right now. Can I say celebrate that? 
But here's what I, I know, that this human experience, everyone will walk through some darkness. We're all going to walk through some pain. We're all going to walk through some heartache. We're all going to walk through some seasons where we doubt, where we question, where we get angry. And I imagine that some of you that are here tonight, some of you even watching this right now, that you have been walking in darkness, as Isaiah said. That maybe this year you walk through the pain of losing a pregnancy. Or maybe this year you walk through losing a job and it just caused your whole financial world to turn upside down. Maybe this was the year that you dealt with your battle of anxiety. Maybe this was the year that you lost a loved one, a family member. Maybe this was the year where a, a major breakup in the relationship that you were in. Here's what I know. We're all going to walk through some darkness. And, and I don't know if maybe you came tonight because you were feeling a little bit of that hopelessness. And you're saying, okay, I just, I just want somebody to tell me that it's all going to get better. I would love to tell you that it's going to get better. But, but please hear me. Your situation might not get better. I know, it's like, wow, this is Christmas. This is so encouraging, Pastor. I'm so glad that you, you came to tell me that. I, here, here's what I don't like to do. I don't like to stand up here and tell you something that's not true and not real. I don't, I don't think you need to come to a church to have somebody just kind of sell you a bunch of fluff that isn't real. The reality is that maybe the situation that you're living in, the situation that you're walking in right now, it might, it might get worse. It really could. I don't know. But the prophet Isaiah, through God speaking through him, said, the people who are walking in darkness have seen a great light. Maybe some of you, what, what you would love is you would, you would love to see a light because there's no light in your situation. I understand that. I understand that. But you know, there are some people, can I say this, that they're not just walking through something. They're not walking through darkness. There's some who are living in the land of darkness. Some of you have set up a permanent mailing address in the land of darkness. Some of you have gotten to a, a place of such deep despair. See, I've found that life often will deal us disappointments. And you stack enough disappointments together, it can cause depression. You live with that long enough, you can end up in despair. And I don't know if some of you, because the prophet Isaiah also addressed those who are living in the land of deep darkness. Some of you, um, this is what you live with. You live with a chronic illness, and it's been years, and nothing's helping. So, some of you have been living with not just a, a short battle with anxiety, but it has been an ongoing battle, and you have tried medicine, and you have tried therapy. You've tried everything you can, and it isn't getting any better. Some of you are, are living in the land of deep darkness. Can, can I just say something if that's you? I want to say something, and I want to show you something of the Christmas story that might actually breathe a little bit of hope into your life. See, God knew that even in the time when Jesus would show up, that's how people would feel. And I think God knows, can I say this? God knows for some of you, many of you, that's how you feel right now. But I, I, I want us to reflect on the very first verse in the first sentence because I think it's really important for you to hear this because maybe it's been a long time since anybody said this to you and a long time since you believed this. But I love what he said. He said, nevertheless, this time of darkness won't last forever. Some of you need to hear that today. 
I know your situation. What I'm saying, your situation might not be better tomorrow, but I want to tell you this, that this will not last forever. In other words, there is an expiration date for despair, okay? This is what God says. And this is where he says that those who are walking in darkness, that a great line, a great light has, has shown. Those walking in, in deep, living in a land of deep darkness, there is a light that is coming. And can I just say that sometimes one of the worst things that happens when we're in a dark season is that we just, we feel like we can't see or feel God. Understand that. I've been in that place. I understand what it's like. But I want you to hear this. Remember when Jesus was born and a star appeared at night? Maybe it's in the darkest of the seasons that we actually see God the most. Because here's what I found. It's, it's the times of our life when we're not walking through darkness that we have a hard time seeing God. It's the time when our world gets dark that I think we actually can see the light the most. And some of you that maybe have been in that place, I just believe that even tonight, God wants to shine some light into your soul. And here's the thing, you, you might actually be able to see God most in the darkest times. I remember when my wife was battling with uh, Crohn's disease when, before we even knew and found out, and she had just lost so much weight. We had no idea what it was. She was so sick, she couldn't get out of bed. You know what she would tell you if you were to ask her about that season? She would tell you that it was the most painful season, but she wouldn't trade it for anything because she actually felt closer to God in her weakest time than she does even now. Because sometimes it's in the darkest of seasons when you can actually see God the most. And by the way, if you don't believe me, let me just tell you this. I believe that God does his best work in the dark. I really believe that. In fact, the narration and the story of how God started all of this proves that. Maybe if you get some time on your own this Christmas season, I know it's not a Christmas thing, but if you have a Bible, go to Genesis chapter 1 and just start reading the first few verses. Because it says, In the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth, that the earth was formless and empty or void, and darkness covered the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God hovered over the waters so there was this dark canvas in front of God when all of a sudden he brushed hope into the universe. Because Genesis 1-3, this is probably a, even if you're not a church person, you've probably heard this before. But Genesis 1-3 says, then God said, let there be what? Everybody say it, let there be. In the midst of the darkness, that's when God brought forth this universe. He said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from darkness. We live in a world where we feel the dichotomy of darkness and light. Darkness seems to represent evil and pain and all that is, that is awful in our world, and light seems to rep represent good and what is hopeful, and, and it's when our soul gets dark that it's hardest. But here's what I know about God. God creates with the light. And here's the amazing thing. We think about light enables us to see in the dark. It does. But if there's anything that we've learned about 
history and about physics and about our universe, we've learned that light is more than just something to help us see. When God said, let there be light, here's what we've discovered. Um, and it was Albert Einstein to help us understand this. And, and for my church that thinks we're going to go deep into science, we're not. And okay, we, that's an inside joke if you're a part of our church. We've done a lot of that this year, but it was Albert Einstein to help us understand something really amazing about light and about the energy of light. And that is that light and matter are interconnected. That really light and matter are basically the same things. The energy and matter. And here's, here's what I'm trying to say is that light does more than help you see in the darkness. It actually creates a better future. Can I, can I just say this over your life and as dark as it is right now? God wants to create a better future for you. There's something beyond this. I know it doesn't feel like it right now, but maybe somebody needs to tell you. There's something beyond this dark season. There's something about the light that wants to come in. And so God tells Isaiah, it's going to be painful and it's going to be dark. And I need you to give this promise. There's many who are living in darkness. Here's the promise. A light will shine in the darkness. A light will appear when it is darkest. You know what that light was? I think you know. But Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 9, verse 6. Now, this is the verse that you are so familiar with when it comes to Christmas. Let me read it to you. Not Isaiah 9, 6 says, For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given. What was the promise of light? It was a son. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Can I tell you that God wants to be your counselor? That even if you're walking through something painful and dark, God says, I'm going to be with you, and I want to help you get through it. He wants to be your mighty God. He is a God that can answer your prayers. There gives me hope in my darkest situation for my health, for my marriage, for my finances, for my family. He is mighty God. And so I'm not going to give up hope. He's wonderful counselor. He's mighty God. He's everlasting father. What does that mean? It means he is a father that loves his children unconditionally and eternally. And there's nothing you can do, even in the darkest of season, when you turn your back on God, he still loves you. He's everlasting father. And he is the prince of peace. You see, part of the human experience is that we do have to walk through some darkness. The difference between somebody who walks through darkness with light and without, somebody who has the peace in the middle of it. And I wonder if maybe in your life, you've been wanting that, that peace. You've been looking for some hope. Isaiah would tell you it's not found in a what, it's found in a who. It's not found in something. Please hear me. It's found in someone. And maybe, maybe you're here. Maybe you've been trying to find hope in a drug or a bottle. Maybe you've been trying to find hope in your career and thrown yourself into it or the title one day or the amount of money you'll make one day. 
Or maybe you've just tried to find hope in a person, a relationship, a marriage. Maybe if we have kids, it'll fix all our problems. You've been trying to find hope in all of these different things. And if I could just say something to you this Christmas that the story really tells us is that the only hope that there is is a person, and that is Jesus, the Son of God that God sent to this dark world in our dark experience so that we could have hope, so that we could have someone who will walk with us. He is Emmanuel, God with us so that even when we walk through the darkest of our days, he says, I will be with you. I'll be with you. My question, my question for you is, is it possible that maybe the very thing you need the most could be right in front of you, but you could miss it because it because it comes in an unexpected package. You see, for the people in Jesus' day, they missed him. So many of his people missed Jesus because he came in an unexpected way. You see, for the nation of Israel living in oppression, they expected a Messiah. They weren't looking for a manger. They were looking for a king. They had no idea they should be looking for a kid. They were looking for their deliverer. They didn't know to look in a delivery ward. See, they missed it because he came. This is what God often does. He shows up in the most unexpected ways. And and sometimes we can miss the very thing we need the most because God doesn't do it the way we think he should. He doesn't come the way we thought he would. I, I actually have learned this valuable lesson from my dog. It's crazy. I learned it from my dog. We, we have the cutest family dog. His name's Harley, named after the motorcycle I won't own. Um, we, uh, I, got, I got a picture of him. I brought a picture of our little dog, and he's just cute. Um, we noticed his health starting to decline a couple years ago. Um, and found out a few years back that he, uh, that he is a diabetic dog. We call him our diabetic dog. That uh, he's got diabetes and not only that, he's got thyroid issues and he's got joint issues. And so he gets pills twice a day. He gets two injections of insulin twice a day. It's crazy. And um, he's like 10 years old. And he's the sweetest dog ever, but... You know, he loves taking his, his pills. And, and for some of you that like have an animal, and you're like, how in the world do you get your, your pet to take pills if they have to? It's so easy. All we do is we, we get a glob of peanut butter because he loves peanut butter and we stick the pills in the peanut butter. It's a little, little hack right there. It'll just, and um, he loves it. Every time we get out the peanut butter jar and he hear the lid fall, he come running from wherever and he doesn't know he's getting a pill he needs, but he just wants the peanut butter. And so every time he would show up for the peanut butter and this past year, one, one particular um, day, I was getting ready to give him his pill. And so I got the peanut butter out and I grabbed a spoon and scooped up a bunch of peanut butter for him. And I put the pill in the peanut butter. He came running over and he's right by me and he's like re- ready and he's waiting. And I took the spoon with the peanut butter and I stuck it down right in front of his nose like I always do. And this time he, he didn't move. Like it was this far from his nose. And he just, and he, and he looked over this way. He looked that way. And all of a sudden I realized he can't see. 
Found out he has cataracts from the diabetes. And he couldn't see it. And, and it was the saddest thing ever because the very thing that he needed the most was right in front of his nose. But he didn't know it was there because he couldn't see it. And I just wonder, I'm just... I don't mean to intrude, but I wonder if some of you, the thing you need the most is actually right in front of your nose. The thing you need the most is the Prince of Peace. Is to embrace Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And he's right in front of you in this moment. How, what, what I mean he's right in front of you is because we celebrate his birth every year. Some of you might go to church on Easter. We celebrate his resurrection every year. And it's right in front of you, but you still don't have peace. But you still feel filled with darkness. And it's kind of like the eyes of your heart can't see because you got cataracts on them. And I'm here to tell you this, that Jesus is here right now. He's alive. Amen. And you can chase all these different things that you hope will finally bring some fulfillment and meaning and purpose in your life, finally bring a little bit of hope in your life. I know, I've tried. But it was only when I finally surrendered to Jesus that my life began to change. Guess what? Not all the darkness went away, but now I have light inside of it. Now I've got hope in every situation I walk through. Now I feel the presence of God when I walk through the hardest of times. And I think about Jesus who came as a baby, but then he grew up. And Jesus said some really important words when you think about what the prophet Isaiah said in John 8, verse 12, and then we're going to be done. In John 8, 12, here's what Jesus said. He spoke to the people again, and he said this. He said, I am the light of the world. Remember what the prophet Isaiah said? A light will come. Jesus said, I'm not light. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in what? Whoever follows me will never walk in in darkness, but will have the light of life. In other words, that you can live. That doesn't mean you're not going to, oh, you, oh, doesn't mean you're not going to face dark situations. The difference is you're going to be able to see in the midst of those dark situations. The difference is you're going to see God in the midst of those dark situations. The difference is that you're going to have hope in the midst of those dark situations because you'll have the light of life inside of you. And I don't know, and I don't know, maybe sitting on the back row, I don't know, sitting in your kitchen right now, I don't know who needs this. But don't miss Jesus when he's right in front of you. Would you bow your heads with me tonight? I want to pray in this moment. Father, I, I believe that you're here. I sense, God, your presence in this place. God, I also sense that there are many people here tonight that God maybe feel like they have been living in darkness walking in darkness. God, I thank you for the life that I have. And it doesn't mean that I don't face dark days, but I don't face them alone. And I thank you, God, that even now, maybe there are many here tonight that are ready to receive Jesus as their savior. Listen, as we're still praying tonight, 
Maybe some of you would recognize and say that that's, that was talking to you. This was you tonight. Maybe you have, maybe no one else knows, but the position of your soul is dark. Maybe you have never placed your faith in Jesus. You've never tried it. You've never said, I want to I experience what it's like to know him and be in relationship with the Father through Jesus. Can I just say you, tell you tonight you can? Right now in this moment, you can. The Bible says that if we call upon the name of Jesus, we will be saved. That it is by our faith in this moment, this kind of moment, that you can embrace Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior. I, I believe there may be many others here tonight that I just want to be bold and say this, that some of you, you knew Jesus, you walked with him at one point, but the reality is that maybe you have, you have moved so far away from him, you feel distant from God tonight. Maybe tonight's the moment where you reconnect. Maybe tonight's the night where you recommit. Tonight's the night where you rededicate yourself to Jesus. If that's you tonight, can I just say, I, I, I want to invite you in this moment to say a prayer with me right where you are. There's nothing magical about the words. It's really about the posture of your heart, the authenticity of this moment. For you to, in your, in your own personal self, to reach to heaven and say, God, I want you and I need you. If that's your prayer tonight, I want you to pray this with me right where you are. You just say, Heavenly Father, tonight I'll receive your son Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I believe that God, you sent him to be the light of life that I need that he died on a cross for my sin, that you raised him to life. And right now I ask you to forgive me of my sin. And today I give my life to you. Today I'm reaching up to heaven and I'm saying, God, will you be my savior? Jesus, will you save me tonight? Thanks so much for tuning into this message. I hope that it encouraged you and inspired your faith. If God is doing something in your life, would you take a moment and let us know? We wanna connect with you and we wanna be able to pray for you. All you have to do is shoot us an email to hello at the x.church or you can always send us a DM on one of our social media platforms. And if you know somebody that would also be encouraged by this very message, why not take a moment and just share it with them right now? And as always, I wanna say thank you to every single person who so generously financially supports this ministry so we can continue to get messages like these out to people all over the world. We believe God is building something special and you're a significant part of it. Until next time, have a great day.